Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, that's Fingers Malloy. Blend Bar Cigars, where we record Indianapolis, Indiana, all thanks to the people of Backbone Bourbon, fantastic sponsors of the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Now, we're actually doing some Backbone Bourbon today as a review. Uh, and I'll, well, oh no no no! Don't 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 sniff it yet, fingers. Don't do that. We, we first we got to talk about Backbone Bourbon, the prime, the uncut, the gin, the 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 bone snapper rye. They make an incredible array of products here in Indiana, out in Kentucky. They do absolutely fantastic work. If you're in any of those areas and you're not asking for Backbone Bourbon by name, crazy shame on you. This is bourbon. First the first the prime and the uncut. These are seriously strong bourbons. Seriously strong bourbons meant for people who love bourbon. Their gin, their gin is as smooth as can be. You got to love some juniper on the nose. But once you start sipping, you're like, oh, this is what people are talking about. It really is tremendous. And then my absolute favorite, the Bone Snapper Rye. The Bone Snapper Rye, neat, you don't need any, it doesn't need to be chilled. It is just terrific. It is meant for sipping. Everything they do. You're not talking about throwing it down. You're not talking about some kind of crazy party. You're talking about sipping, relaxing, being with friends, sharing, or just being by yourself and taking a moment. That's what Backbone Bourbon is all about, and they are absolutely, positively fantastic. BackboneBourbon.com. Ask for it by name. If you're in Indiana or Kentucky, you got to be asking for it by name. Wherever you are, ask for Backbone Bourbon. Now, as you know, Fingers Malloy, he likes his bourbon like he likes his women. Rough and of age. So, because I'm talking about the age of the, of the bourbon here, if you, don't, if you don't mind. That's basically what I was See what going you did for. There. This is the Triple Down Light Whiskey Single Barrel. There is nothing light about the Triple Down from Backbone Bourbon. The proof on here is 134.8. That's 67.4% alcohol by volume. True story. I was looking at what it would take. I'm flying out tomorrow to New York. I was looking at what it would take to take a bottle of gin with me as a gift for somebody. Anything above uh, the 70% alcohol by volume, they don't even allow on a plane. Really? Nope. And everything you got to put into your check luggage. So I don't know how I'm going to do this. How do you take a bottle of gin? I was going to take some of the, of the backbone gin. How do you put that in check luggage? Uh, ask Hillary Clinton. Grammy Jim Gimlet That's what we like to call her Why would I ask Is there a story I don't know here Oh come on Haven't you seen some of these uh, Videos of her at Wedding receptions Where it's clear that uh, But that was provided for It's not like she brought her own She wasn't like Oh no no You keep your crystal Mommy brought You know She she wasn't doing that As far Um, as you know So this is 134.8 proof This is crazy Now I was going to say, you know, usually I get a chance to check some reviews and see. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing, guys. It's just me, fingers, two noses, and a willingness to go to the hospital. All right. I'm on the nose. May I just say for the record, we have had things that are much more medicinal. Much, much more medicinal on the nose. This actually isn't awful. And there's not an overwhelming scent of alcohol. No, not at all. Bit of... I'll say a bit of citrus. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. It, it hits. It, it, it punches you directly in the face. It's not vanilla. It's definitely citrus. A little more floral than fruit. Maybe. 
Maybe is the best way to put this. Now we're doing this neat, but we have the cube, the giant oh, the rock cube at is the ready. ready. I'm sorry, did I mention it was 134.8 proof? <clears throat> you ready? Uh, this is the stuff you love, I'm, man. I'm very excited you about this. You love the high proof yeah. stuff. Just savagery. You ready? Yep. All right, you go first. Because I just want to see if you live. Fingers away, taking the sip. Taking the sip. He's he's working it around, doing a little Kentucky chew action. And he's thinking. Wait, he's still thinking. Are you alive? Smooth. Blink twice. <laughs> if you can hear Wow. Us. Really? That packs a wallop, but it's good. It does pack a wallop on. Oh, I'll yeah. You're, you're going to notice it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Hold on. It's 134.8. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm not going to do it. Here we go. Did you? Okay. Ah. Ah. Oh. Okay. It's not, it's not that it's bad. It stings the tip of the tongue. It burns the rest of the tongue. It is right now center chest. It has lit a match. Center chest. Oh, it just lit the TNT. Things are exploding. I am on fire. Oh, my God. This is not a July 4th drink. <laughs> no. Wow. This will warm you up in the winter. Wow. Oh, this is a particular person. I am the wrong guy <laughs> for this. I really am. That I particular can't even... person is me. Ooh. It's, it, by the way, here's the dumbest part. It's not harsh. No. I don't even know how to explain that. You get the citrus, I'm, and I'm getting, and I hate to use this as a description because I know it'll turn some people off. A little black licorice, maybe. Interesting. Um, you're, you're not getting that? I, I mean, a tad. It just might be too much for me overall. I don't think that's a. I don't think licorice is a bad way to describe what that is. Well, people are turned off when they I, hear. I know black they licorice. are. I know they are. But it, but it, you taste what you taste, right? Yeah. But but I think that's absolutely correct. It is hard. It's not harsh, and there's a difference. You know that it's there. It's not like you take a sip and it's like, dear God, I want to cry, right? That that's not. That's not it. We've had plenty of things where we're like, sorry, I don't want any part of this. You threw yours on the cube. I, I don't. I don't know if I would. I do not know if I would. It is. There's a f great flavor in here, of that citrus. It's almost a touch syrupy. Um, it definitely. I would argue maybe a touch of the black licorice. Maybe. Maybe I'm just letting you interfere with my head. It's hard. It's not harsh. It's yeah. The best I can do. I'm interested to see if. By putting it on the cube, you may still get that bite, that sting on the tongue, but it may take a little bit of that fire out. Because it's actual fire yeah. mid-chest. Yeah. It is and it, uh, not going down. It's not fire in the esophagus. It's not fire anywhere within the throat. It is fire mid-chest, burning, blazing. Yeah, and this is a thing, too, where, I, and even though that happened, I enjoyed drinking it, but I think that you would be a fool to line up to the bar and say, give me a shot of this and just down a whole shot. No, no. I, I think you, you, your, your stomach would be on fire. But Terrible. As a, as a sip, it's very enjoyable. For the people, I'm not the highest proof guy. So um, this is not in my liquor cabinet. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I think doing the show has allowed me to appreciate it. Not in my liquor cabinet. Oh, I put this in my, well, how much is it? Um, I, I, honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know how much it is. 
because I'm one. See what? You just had it on the cube. You should try it on the cube. Ah. Uh, try it on the cube. Really? If, if you're just going to put it away and not drink the rest right. of it, you know, put it on the cube and see if you enjoy it more. All right, I'll do that. I'm, here, I'm pouring it on the cube. We have a one big rock right there. Give it a swirl. Give it a spin. I'm not giving it a spin. Let's just sit. Let's just <laughs> sit and find, marinate in its own juices. It took it's a juice. lot of that. It took the burn away. It still has the citrus. Uh, here we go. Here, I'll try it. Hold on. Yeah. If you do a shot of this, you're a moron. <laughs> this yeah, is some serious wish. slow sipping. Serious slow sipping. Now, is it that I'm getting used to this, or did you notice that the cube really did affect it? No, 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 no. Listen, I still think it's it's hard either way, right? I think that it's the mid-chest that, that's killing me. The flavor is not bothering me. The mid-chest, and that one just hit the esophagus. Damn. It's but, just knocking me out. But don't you feel like... What's what's bizarre about this is we have had different bourbons that had uh, that were less uh, had less proof that weren't as strong that hit you harder on the tongue. <sighs> this doesn't hit you as hard on the tongue as it does. Okay, on daddy's the done. Wow! Oh. Wow! Oh my god! And you had a week off last week too. Oh, holy wow! <laughs> holy cow! I have never actually. From, from like the entirety of the sternum, all the way up, and now to the bottom of the throat. That's hot. I'm telling you, I'm really uh, disappointed that we didn't do this uh, for the video version of the podcast that you have on. Oh Facebook my god, I am not. I am not okay. The, the faces that you're making right now are. It's not that it's not good. Like I was trying to figure out what could you could you would you like? Could this is this the kind of thing that where you're back deck and you're slicing an apple and having a little bit of apple with it? Um, there are definitely a couple of interesting cheeses I think could go uh, with this, but whole oh, you gotta want it, guys. I, I'm telling you, on a uh-huh. Saturday night, uh-huh. sitting in the recliner, looking at a fire in November, December, I think this is outstanding. You gotta want it. You gotta want the high proofs. Oh, that is so good, Tony. Holy Especially cow. on the cube. I could down this right now if I didn't have to drive back. One hundred and thirty-four point eight proof. That that is not. I can't. That that can't go in my liquor cabinet. That's brutal. That was brutal. It's just finally subsided. <laughs> Holy cow! You need some milk. Oh. <laughs> milk all the rollades. Okay, what would you rather do? Uh, a, a nine uh, one one hot wing, or drink that. A nine one one hot wing, yeah, or the ghost, what, what the, a ghost pepper chip. Oh god, or, I wouldn't do either. No, or, I'd rather I'd rather drink the bourbon. Don't yeah. be silly, okay? Because I'm not doing the other things at all. But that's just you gotta want it. His name is Pierre Delecto. Now, Pierre Delecto is the story that has taken over America. Turns out that Senator Mitt Romney from Utah, former presidential candidate who could have beaten. Barack Obama, if he just decided to man up and engage two more debates. Former governor of uh, Massachusetts, Mitt Romney. Man who saved the Olympics in Utah, Mitt Romney, has a burner Twitter account. He didn't do much with it, but he did an interview. Oh, now I'm burping. Oh, my God. Oh. 
oh, I should have taken this week off instead. <laughs> he does an interview with The Atlantic. A McKay Coppins, who he does the interview with. And he always oh, worried about Trump and always bothered by Trump and all these things. You, well, everybody who knows Mitt Romney knows that he was always going to be like this. Mitt Romney is a guy, if, if they do indeed impeach in the House and it comes to the Senate for trial, he'll vote to remove the president. That's, there's, there's not even a doubt in my mind that Mitt Romney is that guy. Uh, well, he's very bothered by Trump. And in the middle of the, of the interview, he starts letting loose with the fact that he has a second Twitter account. And while he won't tell the author... Uh, you know, uh, what his name is, he follows this person, that person, he has this many followers. Well, McKay is not, I, I don't know him personally, but he's not a dope. He goes, all right, challenge accepted. And starts looking and finds him. And his name on Twitter is Pierre Delecto. Anthony Weiner, the disgraced congressman, was Carlos Danger. Michael Vick, when he was signing into hotels, was Ron Mexico. There was a time where President Trump was delivering messages to the media before he was president. He was John Barron. Pierre Delecto. You could not come up on your best day. Only Mitt Romney could come up with a name that makes Mitt Romney look manly. Oh. The name is Delecto. Pierre Delecto. That's right. International man of mystery. A man of danger, the kind of man who likes vanilla wafers and ribbon candy. <laughs> Necco wafers. Pierre Delecto. He pops them like other people pop quailies. <laughs> Pierre Delecto. All the ladies love him. Pierre Delecto. No coffee, please. He doesn't need any artificial stimulus. Pierre Delecto. The name is... is he couldn't just come up with Bob... He couldn't just be Bob. I would have respected him more if he would have come up with Joe Dirt as, right? his, as his name instead of Pierre Delecto. But this goes back to me. I'm, I feel bad for Republicans and the Republican Party in the state of Utah. The fact that the, the, the National Republican Party drafted Mitt Romney. It was there, apparently there was no other suitable Republican in the entire state of Utah to be a United States senator on the Republican side that we had to get Mitt, we it was almost like uh it, it felt very Hillary Clinton-esque in New York. It was like we have to find a role for Mitt Romney and oh you know, here's Utah. Let's it's a natural fit. Let's get him into the United States Senate. It, it should have turned the page. I'm sorry. And so to see this, Pierre Delecto. Man, you understand he really did buy that election. He bought Utah lock, stock, and barrel. Of this, of this there can be absolutely no doubt. Uh, why'd they vote for him? I think that there's still, there are still plenty of people who don't like Trump. And they probably thought that Romney was going to be some stand-up stalwart guy and would stand up to uh, the, the ugliness. I don't know what he thinks he's doing. I'm not sure what Mitt Romney's ultimate plan is. But this makes him look exactly like you thought of him. Now, it's not that he sent that many tweets. Maybe he only said that 10 or 15 tweets from this. He would, he would like this or like that. Or he'd say, you know, or he'd say something, you know, did you check out what Romney said here? Like he was tweeting to people to take a look at what he was actually saying. Which is pretty cheap. This is a guy who takes a look at, at uh, 
Jeb Bush saying, please clap. And it's like, I wish I had thought of that line. <laughs> it's this is it's he's just he's as weaselly and as spineless and as pansified as you thought he was. When you see that he has a burner Twitter account, you're like, this is why. And Pierre Delecto, this is why he lost. This is why he lost the election. Wouldn't you think a normal person in his situation would say to himself, I need to come across as less of an elite? Coming across as an elite is like like really, really uh, I- I- important. Like somehow there's there's like a massive value in this. Again, he could have just called himself Bob. <laughs> if he had said he was Bob Smith, people would be like, oh. It was Bob Smith. It's still ridiculous. But it's Bob Smith, it's, it is, talk about not being connected in any way, shape, or form. And that's the real story. He cannot fathom how he lost and Donald Trump that's won. That's exactly he it. He can't see it. He doesn't understand the people in the slightest. He doesn't understand the baseline. If you don't fight, no one will respect you in the morning. They won't do it. They don't want any part of it. There's a whole really good set of articles out there about Trump and he fights. This isn't about whether you like his politics. It's about why people are attracted to him, why people are interested in him, why they're going to stand up for him, why they're going to vote for him again. All these things is because he fights and they believe he fights for them. Right. And, and that's good at it. And you don't you, you're not going to get that from a Mitt Romney. You just can't. He, he doesn't understand what it means to fight. He thinks everyone should just be above it all. Meanwhile, he's getting kneecapped every four seconds, and he's still trying to pretend to take some high road as opposed to not getting kneecapped and kicking somebody back directly in the teeth. Well, I mean, wasn't that one of the biggest complaints that Midwestern, and I hate to use the word flyover country, but, uh, or the term flyover country, but that was one of the big complaints I heard from conservatives during the, the George W. Bush administration was he continued to get kneecapped and he would never defend himself. It was was thought of as not being presidential. Now, I'm not saying that <laughs> what Trump is doing uh, is is something that should be followed moving forward on the conservative side. I think you should take some of his playbook because it's been very effective. But sometimes he goes too far. But I think for a lot of people find it refreshing to see someone who is is going to be attacked by the left and throws a punch back instead of just trying to be above the fray. And Mitt Romney and Pierre Delecto are the definition of above the fray. So Chris Saliza over at CNN, who, uh, full disclosure, never... I met him once in Iowa. I think I met him. He was running a trivia night. I thought he was pompous then. This was during the caucuses of 2011, 2012. 2012. And I don't like him today. Just not a fan. Think about this, writes uh, Chris Eliza on Twitter. The 2012 Republican presidential nominee and a sitting U.S. senator felt the need to defend his commitment to his party from behind the veneer of a fake person's account on Twitter. That's not the story. He, if, how purposeful are you in missing this? The story is not that he was trying to defend commitment to the party behind a, tw- uh, a fake Twitter account. It's that he had a fake Twitter account. If you have something to say, you're the senator, say it. Just go out and say it. If somebody is tweeting about something and you've talked about it, be like, hey, don't forget this. Go ahead. Put it out there. 
engage people. He, but he didn't want to engage people. He just wanted to do little droplets on people and then move about his day. Again, going back to the elitism. What's the matter? You can't sit down with the people at a bar? You can't sit down <laughs> with the people and, 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 have a, and have a slice of pie? And the answer is no, he can't. He can't do it. He lacks that ability to be able to just sit down and ingratiate himself. Sit down and get involved. Sit down and have a conversation. That's why he did it. If you and I, I do not have a fake Twitter account. Wait, do you have a fake Twitter oh, account? Oh, I, I had several. Did you? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Why? Because uh, because it was fun. When it was easier to do uh, fake Twitter accounts than it is now, I had a ball. And it usually uh, involved... Uh... <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't know this. Uh, when a celebrity would die, I would come up with a zombie account where they were tweeting from beyond the grave. Oh, no, no, no. That's not a fake account. That's a parody account. Well, parody, fake, you know. It wasn't coming from the Fingers Malloy account. No, you weren't creating a... Zombie Billy Mays. Look that up sometime if you're bored on Twitter. That is so wrong. (laughs) You you weren't coming out with, like, uh, Pierre Delacto. No. You know, and just and trying to plug your own stuff. No, plug that, your own stuff. A, a, a parody account is fine. Parody account is totally well, we fine. Well, know, we, we know consultants that have done that, too. Um, no. T- I'll talk to you about that off the air. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. But, All right. So they're trying to. So, so again, Weasley, but they're trying to push their message. Right. You're a senator. Well, Say can, things. Can you imagine how much fun late night talk shows and CNN would be having right now if Pierre Delecto uh, was a, a Donald Trump account instead of Mitt Romney. I am assuming Donald Trump controls the Twitter account of Stephen Colbert. This has been a theory of mine for, for a great number of years. I wish he would control the Twitter account of Seth Meyers because that guy is wholly unfunny. That that guy is a late night show makes me sad as hell. Now, for all the writers out there, there's a problem. This comes from California. Cal- I don't know if I've ever talked about do-goodery on the show, on the podcast, which, by the way, Eat, Drink, Smoke, available at Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and write a review. A five-star review is what you have to leave. Over there, Eat, Drink, Smoke, Apple Podcasts. You want to subscribe right now. You know you love it. Subscribe. You'll get all the bourbon reviews, all the cigar reviews, the food reviews, commentary, conversation, and no one's yelling at you, which is a dream come true. And if Pierre Delecto could leave a five-star review. That'd be great. If so- <laughs> Honestly... Honestly, first person to uh, to leave a review as Pierre Delecto, we will find you and we will send you five of our favorite cigars. <laughs> first person to write a Pierre Delecto, and by the way, it could be anything Pierre Delecto within the name. And how do they get a hold of you for that? Uh, they'll they'll oh they'll find me on Twitter at Tony Katz, <laughs> and they'll be like, I did it, I did it. Uh, you will get first person to do it. We'll get five of our favorite cigars. Absolutely. How more than happy to do it if you subscribe as Pierre Delecto, because we will use that in all our marketing. Every last Pierre Delecto <laughs> thinks the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast is outstanding. Honestly, have you ever seen the story? Um, the fake uh, jeans designer? No. Okay. Oh, my God. I, I got to see if I can find his, his, his name. There's a guy who found this brand of jeans. And uh, and he he's like, I'm going to pretend to be this guy. They're, they're named after somebody. I, I can't remember what what the name was. Gloria Vanderbilt? It was not Gloria uh, Vidal Vanderbilt. Sassoon? No. Giorgio 
Peviani. They were Giorgio Peviani jeans. And this guy's like, screw it. I'm Giorgio Peviani. <laughs> Makes business cards. Goes to Fashion Week. <coughs> they let him in. Oh, get out. He's got all of these jeans that he bought at some freaking flea market or on the road or whatever it is. And he is designing these models. He's in. He's talking to people. He's hanging out like he belongs. Turns out Giorgio Peviani jeans are made by some guy in Britain. And he's just got one of those kind of stores fronts. It's not a clothing, like fancy clothing store. It's just, you know, something you'd see in, in New York's bodega style. And uh, he makes Giorgio Peviani jeans. And so this guy pretended to be Giorgio Peviani. And so I'm going to start being Pierre Delecto. And if there's not a Pierre Delecto clothing line, like in just mere moments. Well, so what would a Pierre Delecto clothing line make? Dickies? Um, I said they would make uh, jeans that are easy to tuck. Mm. Right? Easy to, for men to tuck in. Because that's the kind of guy Mitt Romney or Pierre Delecto is. No? I could see that. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Eat, drink, smoke. Subscribe right now. Not enough people wear dickies anymore, by the way. Well, you know what? Some things are not coming back. <laughs> California. So I've never talked about do-gooders and do-goodery on the show. I despise do-gooders. People who want to go out there, we should change a law, and there ought to be a law, and do this and do that. Why? Because it's going to do some good. People who want this $15 an hour minimum wage garbage, and they claim it's a living wage, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a living wage. It is a myth. It's not true on any level. There's no, it's never existed. It doesn't exist. It's a lie. There's not an economist alive who could sit down with me at this table and, and prove it. Not a one, not anywhere. Well, pushing for that is putting people out of business. At Target, they push for that and they get $15 an hour, but people are now working less hours. They're making less money. We see it all the time. California is going after the Uber world, going after really what's known as the gig economy. They don't think it's right that people have to make a, a living just doing Uber and Lyft. They want Uber and Lyft to pay $30 an hour, $15 an hour wage and $15 an hour expenses. So what they've done is they've created something called AB5, Assembly Bill 5, and um, it goes into effect on January 1st. It's going it, to, honestly, you won't see, I don't think you'll see Uber and Lyft in California anymore. I think it's just going to destroy it. But what it happened to do was destroy journalists. So if you are somebody working for the New York Times and you're a, a full on columnist or a writer for the New York Times, okay, that's your gig. They're paying you. For most people, and both fingers, you and I have both done this, and you do this to this day, you write either getting paid by the post. Or if you're really, really good and it's a really high-profile thing, you can get paid by the word. So sometimes it's, you know, 300 to 500 words, and it can be 15 to $25. That's what you get. If you're lucky enough to get paid by the word, if you do an 800-word piece, that could be $800. But it's a very high-profile thing, and you gotta, you know, you got to get them a certain amount of readership, all these kinds of things. Well, because they're trying to put an end to the gig, the gig economy, you know, it's wrong for for the, uh, these papers and these websites to only use these people as independent contractors. They should be full employees with pensions and benefits. So we're going to cap the number of submissions they have to 35 a year. That's, that's, that's insane. You, you do this. Yes. How, how many people do you know who do 35 submissions a month? 
I know one person, and I won't mention the website, I know that this person does seven posts a day, six days a week. That's 42 for those of us playing the home game. In a week. They're going to destroy people's livelihoods. You know how many people are stay-at-home this or they work another job and they write a post and they write, let's say, one a day. Or really, they write probably two a day because that's where it starts to get crazy. And, or if you can only do 35 in a year, if they write one a day, five day a week, they've got a month and a half, two months to write, and then they're done. That's it for the whole year. I, and you're now taking away, if it's $25 a post, $500 a month from them, $6,000 a year, which is the money either they send the kids to camp or they just use uses their mad money and they buy a coffee here, they have a drink there, or or uh, the, the, the couple goes out to grab a bite to eat because it's from that pool of money and we do this thing and it's fun. I know. You, you and I have talked about this a lot off the air as far as being a, a content provider in 2019 is very exciting. But stories like this right here also shows some of the pitfalls of being a content provider in 2019 where you cannot have a long-term business plan because you don't know if a platform's going to yank you off of their platform because of your political views or now you got to worry about a state government stepping in and saying well you know what i know you are i'm going to use that person as an example that i know of at this site it's a retiree who retired and then said i'm going to supplement my retirement income by writing for a site and i'm getting paid per post i'm doing seven a day because I have the time. I can get up in the morning, grab my morning coffee, sit at my desk, and write six, seven posts a day. And now the state of California is going to step in and say, I don't care what you were planning for your retirement. You can't do that anymore. And it's for your own. And what's even more insulting is they're saying it's for your own good. Right. They're saving you from yourself. Why? Because you deserve to have a pension. You deserve to have this, that, and the other. And this is, this is labor run amok. There, I'm not arguing that there aren't places for unions. And I'm not arguing that there aren't unions and they, they do well by, their, by their, their rank and file or sometimes not. You just have to deal with the union anyway. But some people aren't interested in any of that. They're, they're looking for exactly this. They're looking for a gig. And they want to do a little bit over here and they want to do a little bit over there. And they don't need to be unionized, nor do they want uh, to be uh, unionized. And it's a... It's a massive problem. And what they're saying to these people is, just because you want it, sorry, we know better for you. It is, again, the story of do-gooders. Everybody who thinks they know better. Everybody thinks they should be in charge. They can't just leave well enough alone. The economics works for people. Somebody wants to write in their spare time. Somebody wants to write. They've sent the kids off to school. They write a post. And uh, then they decide to go on with their day. And they did something. And they contributed. And they're bringing in some dollars in the whole thing. Somebody wants to drive for uber for four hours you know on a on a friday and a saturday let them what what is how are you being affected how are you being hurt and it's incredibly empowering and liberating to be able to call your own shots yeah you know what today i only feel like working four hours for uber or you know what today i've worked out an arrangement with this website i'm only going to write two pieces a day for the next three or four days and it, it the independence is is so fantastic and the gig economy is so important to, to people who are stay-at-home moms who want to bring in a, a few extra dollars while they're staying home with the kids or, you know, the, the Uber and Lyft gigs. And government's trying to take that away from these people. And what was really is 
upsetting is if you are the type of person who is in a gig economy and are voting for these type of politicians in California, don't move to another state because you're being chased out by these policies and then vote for those same type of politicians in the new state you live in. Yeah. No, no, no. They always want to bring the bad idea with them. It's, it's awful. And that's why anybody who moves to your state from California should have to fill out a form. No, they should, have, they should have to take a test before you accept them. You know, I got to Indiana just in the nick of time. Really and truly did from California. But no, 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 you should, you should not let these people in. You absolutely should not let them in. They're crazy people. They're just the absolute worst kind of people. And they're destroying us. They're destroying everything. Let people work as they want to work. And to, to your point, because we've both done this, and we both know people who do this, uh, all, all the time and in every way. The only way this changes is if people realize that no matter what they're told, this is not in their best interest. And right now they won't, they won't engage the correlation. There is a correlation between the people who push for the idea that you shouldn't be able to do what you choose there's a correlation between those people and, and, the, uh, and, and the people who, how do I want to say this? The people who say you aren't allowed to do what you want to do are the same people who also tell you that Trump is, just, is, is, is the most harmful person. Is that true? That's not true. Trump may be a guy you don't like what he says, but Trump isn't taking away your job. That the, the person taking away your job is the person who's telling you Trump is evil. But what's actually evil? What's actually bad? What's actually problematic? What's actually problematic is you not being able to make a living the way you see fit. It doesn't fit with some politician's way of making a living, so therefore they take it away from you? That's what, what's worse, that or Trump saying, grab him by the this. I'm serious. Yeah. Let's get down to the heart of the thing. I didn't say you like Trump saying grab him by the whatever. I'm asking what's more damaging. Trump saying that or you not being able to make a living. And if you tell me that the answer is, well, Trump, well, then we have nothing left to talk about. Well, and let me put my tinfoil hat on for a second. How much of this is the state of California wanting to control the message? So much of these gig economy type journalists, the, the gig economy type, uh, you know, we, look, we are podcasters you know we we see we know people that have podcasts they also uh generate revenue on youtube uh, and a lot of it is based on political news uh, is this a way for the state to come in and try to centralize news and say okay you you can only uh we're going to get the independent journalists out we're going to get the the gig journalists out because we prefer the message from the corporate media at the, at the state level. There, there are so many ways you could go down this road. I mean, the, the, the independent person. Uh, we brought this up before on the show where uh, I, I watch slot machine channels. Yeah, on you're YouTube. the weirdest dude ever. Well, I know one guy that his ba he's based in California. He puts three or four YouTube videos a day up on uh, uh, slot machine videos on YouTube. Is he going to be capped at 35 a year because he's getting revenue from YouTube? Oh, that's a good question. Does it apply to them as well? Does it apply to indies? Or is it just the, the, the gig people who are writing for websites? Does it apply if you're a content creator to... If you're a podcaster. You can only do 35 podcasts a year. 
What? Where is this going? These questions need to be answered. You just scared the hell out of me right there. You just scared the hell out of me right there. And if California gets away with it, what other states are going to want? You know, New York wouldn't be far behind. Well, before before we go anywhere, don't forget to get your ceiling fans at Fanimation. (laughs) Fanimation Fanimation.com. The best ceiling fan in America is made by Fanimation. Whisper quiet. Totally customizable. Any way you want it to look, Fanimation is going to look that way. We're here at Blend Bar Cigar. They're Indianapolis, Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh. All the ceiling fans in Blend are from Fanimation, Fanimation.com. They can move the air in a cigar lounge. They can take care of your family room, of your living room, of your outdoor area. They are. They're indoor-outdoor LED lighting. Spectacular. And these, these motors, they just keep on going and going and they never interrupt you. They don't interrupt the movie that you're watching, the quiet time that you want to have. You don't hear that little buzz going on all day long. No, no, no. What you have is a perfect fan and built the way you want it to look, right? You, you got to finish off the room right. You got to finish it off with a ceiling fan from Fanimation and you got to make it look like, well, how the room is supposed to look. You got to make it match, tie it all together. It's like the it's like the dude, man, that rug really ties the room together. The ceiling fan does the same thing. Those big Lebowski fingers. Malloy, that was the reference there. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Fanimation. <laughs> Fanimation.com. Spectacular ceiling fans ready for you. Get them now. Fanimation.com. So let us smoke. This is the American right here from J.C. Newman. So this is Tampa, Florida. This is American made. This is a, uh, a binder that's Connecticut Broadleaf. This is a Connecticut uh, Havana Seed. Um, in, in the filler, the wrapper, Florida Sun Grown. So uh, traditionally for me with Sun Growns, you have a little more spice. This is their torpedo size. They make them in a couple different sizes uh, th- that, I, that I've seen uh, in the Churchill 7x47 uh, and, and a couple of, of others. Pricing on this, somewhere between $15 and $20 a stick is the American from, from J.C. Newman. Uh, it's a pretty looking cigar. It's not the deepest brown you've ever seen, but it is it is a dark brown. It's, it's it's a little you can actually see where it's tobacco leaf. You know what I mean? Sometimes the wrapper does a really good job of kind of hiding that in the color. Here you can actually see a bit of of the leaf uh, that 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 happens out there. Uh, this is going to give you leather. It's going to give you chocolate. It's going to give you a, a bit of of oak to it. Every time I deal with sungrowns, I always think spice. It always ends up being a spicier cigar for me and how it falls on, on, on my palate. I'm surprised I have a palate after the, uh, after the bourbon. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I, I finally feel better. It took a while. Mine's almost while. gone. Yeah, look at you. Did, <laughs> Daddy-like. Did, did, you, did you take mine yet? Uh-uh. You know? But it's coming. Is it coming? <laughs> uh, it's so, been a week. Also, this cigar is, is as a, uh, a torpedo, right? It kind of tapers to an end. And that's where, of course, you cut from. The draw is easy. The draw is almost too it's easy. It's too easy. That's, uh, we, when we lit this before we started recording, I, I, I thought to myself, wow, I feel like I should be drawing in more smoke than I am on the draw. And, and again, I'm coming at this as a, as a novice I thought to myself, this is almost distracting how little smoke is coming out, you know, from the draw. Right. I mean, try it again. Hold on, wait. Let me see, let me see what's happening to you. Huh. 
Because I'm not having that problem. Here, watch. Yeah. Like, I don't have that problem. Maybe maybe you just don't know how to smoke. Well, that could be. I don't know, but I mean, you're already bur- you're burning clean. You're burning easy. It's a it's a it's not messed up at all. It's totally even all the way around. It feels good in the hand. This is probably, of course, it's it's pyramid, so it, you know, thins down a little bit. A good fifty right here, or a fifty-two ring gauge, I should say. Um, it feels absolutely comfortable. It's probably a six and a half inch cigar. T. Why do you? Why must you be uh, that guy? I'm getting the um, leather. I'm I'm getting the pepper. I'm getting the spice. I get the I'm spice not getting the chocolate. Too. And it's funny how they don't they don't even call it that. Some places they don't even discuss the, 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 the spice of it. But it's it's totally there. It's totally there. I guess I'm um, just surprised by the draw because of the torpedo cap. Yeah, but I mean I wouldn't cut it any more than that. That's already cut pretty well. Like it's pretty open. So I want to see what happens in a, in a, in a little bit. Is when you when you're ta- when you're doing the draw. Remember, you're not inhaling, people. Do not inhale. Don't do it. It's just about toasting the palate. Mm-hmm. When you are are you just like are you like really focused? Yeah. Or are you yeah, bringing it really? in, letting it dance around the palate, and right. then exhaling? No. So far, so good. There's a couple interesting flavors on here. I can't. I'm gonna let this smoke a little bit more. I'm gonna see see what happens with it. In the UK, Chick-fil-A is going out. And Chick-fil-A doesn't go out anywhere. But the wokeity woke 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 who think that Chick-fil-A hates gay people, which they don't. Mm. Sorry, I just needed a drink. The whole, remember the CEO of Chick-fil-A said he supported traditional marriage? Oh, well, we can't go to Chick-fil-A. That's, that's gay-hating chicken. <sighs> it's so annoying when people do this stuff. So they opened in the UK. They've been protested so much um, that they're, they're, they're leaving. They're leaving. Okay, let the UK go without. Just sell in the United States. We're cool with it. We're fine with it. And who's it hurting? Oh, all the people who have a job at Chick-fil-A. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not hurting the, the CEO who made those donations to the... the, the who, who was one it? That- of, one of the groups was Salvation Army, and Google has supported Salvation Army. So, you know, I guess they don't do search engine at work anymore. Was it focus either. on the family? I can't remember what group it was that they're all up in arms about the, these donations, but it's not going to hurt the CEO any. It's going to hurt the, the local people who, oh, God, if you're going to get a job at a fast food joint, that's the place to go. I mean, they, they from what I've heard, they treat people well. You automatically get a Sunday off, which you don't get at other fast food joints. It's it's the place. If you're going to work fast food, that's the place to go. By the way, have you ever heard what Dan Cathay, the the CEO of uh, said of, of from Chick Fil A, uh, openly that America is quote inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fist at him and say we know better than you as to what constitutes a marriage. And this was in a 2012 radio interview. This is what the the quote is and follows up. I pray God's mercy on our generation that has such a prideful, arrogant attitude that thinks we have the audacity to redefine what marriage is all about. First, marriage does have a definition, and some people were, were loath to change that definition. Secondly, Ann Coulter has referred to me as incomplete. Ann Coulter has referred to Jews as incomplete. You know what I do when I see Ann Coulter? I give her a hug. <laughs> what does it matter to me? She thinks I'm incomplete. My wife thinks I'm pretty complete. My kids love me. My relationship with God, epic. I'm good. That someone thinks it doesn't matter. What matters is if they act it. 
It doesn't matter if somebody thinks that same-sex marriage is a sin. What matters is if they act upon those thoughts. Right? And there are some ways where you are allowed to act upon it. Like, for example, I don't, uh, if someone, if not me, I'm, I was saying I have the baker. If the baker doesn't want to make the cake for the same-sex marriage, they shouldn't be forced to. It's madness to think that they should be. They have the right to say no. They have to deal with the ramifications of people, you know, maybe protesting or boycotting or, or writing a bad Yelp review or whatever the case may be. But they absolutely have that right. What they're not allowed to do is stop you. What they're not allowed to do is hurt you. What they're not allowed to do is prevent you. These are the things that they're not allowed to do. If you don't like what they say about chicken, don't eat the chicken. That's totally fine. But this idea that everybody who works there is hateful is pathetic. I'm tired of people taking sides over a chicken sandwich. Well, I, I, I mean, honestly, there and there are some on the right who want to bathe in Chick-fil-A every day because of, you know, the, the stance. And you know, Chick-fil-A is OK. I mean, and do, do you do you uh, worship at the altar of Chick-fil-A like some conservatives do? I mean, it's OK. I enjoy o- it. O- only for the sex stuff. <laughs> No, is that not it? Is that not science? I just don't. No, I don't. I, it's, it's, I don't get overworked up by any of these kinds of things. There are times where Chick Fil A is very good. I don't go there. I don't go there as a staple. I don't go there as a regular. I just, I just don't. My guilty pleasure fast food is Hardee's Carl's Jr. A burger from Hardee's Carl's Jr. is fantastic. I absolutely, positively love it. Oh my gosh, better than In and Out. Better than Whataburger. Better than Shake Shack, better than you name it. That's my guilty pleasure burger. I could eat one right now. And their chicken's pretty good too. I've never had. Yeah, it's it, their chicken strips like are the really good. Tenders? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll believe you. They they hand bread them, from what I hear in the business. But no, I'm not obsessed. But I'm not obsessed the other way. Dan Cathy says something. Don't go there. You wanna you wanna call everybody somehow a bigot for working there? That's crazy. That's a terrible thing to do. Google fired somebody for voicing their opinion in an internal chat. I don't think everybody who works for Google is evil. I think the leadership of Google is evil. But I, There go my search rankings. <laughs> but I don't think that everybody who works... Some people just want a job. Not everybody who works for Apple is some kind of duplicitous jerk face. Of course not. That's ridiculous. Yet, you, you, can't, you can't get people to think rationally anymore. You don't want to eat there, don't eat there. That's how you affect them. Now these people don't have a job. And isn't that the way it used to be? Live and let live. And if they weren't going to have a job, it was because nobody wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. Not because you were yelling and screaming and trying to shame people for going to Chick-fil-A. Did you see uh, the video that went viral on YouTube? I believe it was In-N-Out Burger. Where in uh, a protester who's help, trying to help save the planet went into In-N-Out Burger and started yelling and screaming about how uh, burgers were, you know, people eating murder. beef, meat is murder, and, and we're, we're, we're destroying the planet by eating meat. A, I, and I want to say it's In-N-Out Burger. Forgive me, I don't have the story in front of me. An employee just picked the person up and carried him outside, and the customers in the In-N-Out Burger went wild with applause. Really? Oh, it was classic. Oh, that's funny. That's but funny. that's where we're that's where we're at. Where I, I wonder sometimes whether or not these people who are protesting are helping their cause or hurting their cause. I mean, you see this. There was another video that went viral this week. 
I believe it was another environmental protest where they blocked a street corner. I think in New York City, they blocked traffic. And a, and a guy came and ripped their sign from them, threw it away, and cleared the street. Just, just a guy walking saying, people are trying to get to work, and you're blocking traffic. Oh, get the, the out race of the, one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, what was it called? Uh, Extinction Rebellion, I think they call themselves, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. These people who block traffic are the worst. They should expect whatever comes to them. I don't understand how you think that's helping your cause by ticking people off on their morning commute. I don't. How are you changing the hearts and minds of people by, by protesting in such a way? The real issue is those authorities who don't move those people out of the way with extreme force. Now, my issue is not protest. My issue is not taking to the streets. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when nine people who all have the right to protest, I don't say no at all, Fingers just took my 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 bourbon. The if triple you're fine down. with it, yeah, it's 136 proof. I I can't. I just can't. You you enjoy. You enjoy. We'll get you two Ubers to get you. Home. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, nine people. They all have the right to protest, but they can protest on the side of the road. They don't do that. They protest by creating this kind of human chain and blocking traffic during rush hour. And the answer is move those people to the side. They have absolutely no right to do that. They have no right to impede my right to travel. That's not what their First Amendment right is about. That's not what their protest ability is about. They don't get to protest, so I'm inconvenienced. That's not how it works. And their protest is not more important than how I feed my family, no matter what they think. Stand on the street corner with a sign and try to communicate with people on their way to work. I may listen to you. I may look at that and say, oh, I never thought of it that way. You block traffic so I can't get to work and I'm a half hour late? Screw you and your cause. Yeah. It's absolutely, positively no question. And they don't understand it. They can't believe it. This is why the Antifa people are so dangerous. And it's why the Antifa people, especially in Portland, the mayor there, uh, is it Wheeler, Ted Wheeler? Uh, despicable. Yeah. Because you let these people harm others, attack others, be violent towards others, change traffic patterns, do all of these kinds of things. You let them do it. You just are like, here you go. Go right ahead. And you don't stop them. These people are in the middle of the roads, changing tra- preventing people from crossing the street, all sorts of things, not just in Portland, but in other places. You have to stop them. They're not special. No one from Antifa is special. They've never been special. You get the local government seal of approval political violence when that stuff happens. Oh, when, yeah. You, they, and, and what's even worse is when you normalize that sort of thing, it's not reported like it would be if, say, hey, you know what, the mayor... Uh, uh, Portland decided to crack down on violent leftists who are beating people up with their their tire irons of tolerance. <laughs> Those stories should be all over the internet, should be all over the corporate media, but they're they're not reported because it's it's largely ignored, and it's largely ignored by a mayor who is condoning that violence by inaction. And the only way to explain it is, yes, they condone it. How else, how else could you think of it? If you let these people like push around seniors, if you let them stop traffic, it is condoning it. What is this sitting back? Oh, that's all. I, well, there's nothing else we can do. Well, there's many, many other things that you can do. There was once a, uh, a shooting, uh, a police officer involved shooting here in Indianapolis. And the response was... Well, if the cop had just stayed in his car, it never would have happened. Good Lord. 
cops don't stay in cars when there's a bad shoot, we should say so. The thing that happened in Fort Worth, which now there are stories about maybe it didn't happen this way. Supposedly it was a welfare check, right? And so the cop went to go because they were called out because there was you know, a door open and a welfare check. This woman was playing video games with her, with her nephew. Admittedly, it was 2.30 in the morning. Playing uh, video games. The cop is like, hey, you, show me your hands. Next thing you know, he shot. Killed the woman. Now, maybe it wasn't a welfare check. Maybe there was actually a report of a break-in or something else, so the cop got wrong information. Still, if you're just, if the, if the police officer is going from showing up to shooting, we've got a problem. And that's something we should all address. That's a problem with policing and how we view it, how we deal with it. What is it that we want from cops in today's America, right? What we want is a big deal. And it does matter a great, great bit. But if, if we have uh, people who are just, they're allowed to break the law. And the answer is, oh, well, what are we going to do? Well, then you're not good at doing your job, law enforcement. And really, it's not the cop. It's the people leading law enforcement in that case. It's the mayor of Portland. It's, is the police chief fighting back? Is the police chief screaming bloody murder? Or is it the kind of thing where the, the mayor is the one who gets to make the shot? The mayor is the chief, right? That very often is, is, is the case. The cops have to stand up to that and say, we don't want this anymore. This isn't okay. When cops turn their back on Bill de Blasio, and that's happened before, that's a very powerful, important moment. And shame on the people of New York for voting for that guy again. Oh, have they not learned you need mayors who can actually do something, not mayors who can just bring on their wives to lose hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of dollars. You deserve much better. This cigar, I am through the first third. This cigar is $20. And I'm here to tell you, I do not know how I feel. There is something appealing about what I'm smoking. This is The American from J.C. Newman. There is something very appealing to this. I will admit, this is beyond an easy draw. It's almost too easy. Which is weird because I've read reviews where it's too tight. I'm not getting that at all. But I'm enjoying it. I really am. There's a nice... The, the spice is all gone from that initial hit. I think maybe it was more of an initial hit than spice. There is a nice flavor here. This, the, this isn't actually a... I don't know if, you're, if the bourbon is kind of screwing you up. There's a good cocoa feel. I, I was just about to say I'm getting the chocolate now. There is a good cocoa feel here. Like This is, this is not an after dinner thing. I'm not talking about it as a dessert cigar, that kind of thing. There's just something nice and and comforting and and kind of and and yes, flavorful as opposed to some we've had some cigars right lately that have been more tobacco focused, which is fine by me, totally solid. This is a little more flavorful. It's a little more kind of oh, oh this is lovely. As the spice has subsided, that's where the cocoa has come into play. Right? It's almost like the spice overwhelmed it at first. But now I'm I'm almost halfway through, and the draw I'm enjoying the draw more, and I'm getting the cocoa and the leather, and it's wicked easy. Yeah, it is on the palate and everything else. There's actual flavors there. That is, I, I think it's definitely worth twenty dollars. I cannot. I again, I'm not there with knowing if it's worth it for me, but I'm I'm going to enjoy smoking the rest of it. I'm going to enjoy smoking the rest of it. The American from J C Newman. This is pretty cool. This is my first time with it. First time I've ever had the cigar. Uh, I like it uh, a bit. And, of course, the triple down from Backbone Bourbon. 
How you doing with that? Oh, me like you. <laughs> oh, me like you. And, and to, to kind of paint a picture to today where we're recording, it's a kind of a cool, rainy day. So this kind of fits in with yeah. the, the season to me. I A cooler, I, like I said earlier, you don't want to be drinking this, I don't think, on July 4th and it's 90 degrees outside. You want a little something that will... Uh, well, you're not supposed to look at alcohol this way, but it feels like it warms you up a little bit. You know, yeah. that's uh, this is great. The light of my cigar just went out. Mm. That does not make me happy. But I was doing a lot of talking, and maybe that's something to do with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on that. I'm gonna blame it on that. The American from J.C. Newman, the Triple Down from Backbone Bourbon, our fantastic sponsor. But I want. I mean, they had something new. I'd never seen it. I didn't even know they had it. So I want to try it and give it give it the the go. You don't have to like it just because it's our sponsor, but you have to check out all of the products that Backbone Bourbon has to offer. The bourbons, the gin, the Bone Snapper Rye. I can't say it enough. BackboneBourbon.com. And Fanimation for your ceiling fans. Fanimation.com. Get one in your house today. Let them know you heard about it on the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Do that immediately. Fingers Malloy, by the way. Find him at FingersMalloy.com. That's where you find all of his things. Find me, TonyCats.com, on Twitter and Instagram, Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio is where you find it. You also see the videos of the podcast. We do part of it on video, and you also get that as the uh, snack size edition when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Remember, Pierre Delecto, be the first person to subscribe as Pierre Delecto or to write a review as Pierre Delecto. Five of our favorite cigars are coming your way. One, two, three, four, five. It is happening. I'm going to do it, and it's going to be amazing. Blend Bar Cigar is the best place to smoke in Indianapolis. BlendBarCigar.com. Pittsburgh, Nashville, and Houston as well. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.